Hello, and welcome to the Allow Me to Introduce Myself. My name is Carl Benson. Um, this podcast is something that I've been working on for quite a while, quite honestly. I've been sort of different iterations of it over time. And uh, this is the year, uh, 2022, in which I turned 50 years old and I said to myself, I'm going to do the things that I said I was going to do. This podcast is one of those things. Um, full disclosure, I'm actually in a, what I would consider a quiet space, but it is not a quiet space. I'm not in a studio. This isn't professionally done. I do not have a sound engineer or any of those type of things. However, um, the purpose of this podcast isn't to be perfect. It's really to be um, more along the lines of entertainment, to be a little more intentional, um, to be you know somewhat entertaining, I guess, as, it, as you are entertained. But I think for the most part, we're going to do some one-on-one conversations with folks, um, folks maybe you know in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, maybe you know nationally, maybe some celebrities from time to time, but the realistic possibilities is just you're going to hear me talking to some friends and sort of figuring out uh, life as we see it and things that are going on in our lives and of course telling stories as they make sense for that occasion. Um, So hopefully, um, for the most part, you'll be entertained. Like I said, um, there's no real agenda here. It's just to have fun and have a good time. And we'll start here with um, sort of it's a little bit about myself and what I call episode one is uh, the early years of Carl. For those that don't know me, I think um, there's a lot of folks that you know I've worked with and worked with for years and known for years that don't necessarily know a lot about me. So I think as I begin this podcast, a lot of it's going to be along the lines of just understanding who I am and sort of what makes me tick. So the first couple episodes will be about that. Um, I kind of start when someone says, hey, Carl, tell me about yourself. I generally start with the idea of what I consider um, where I was born. I was born in an Air Force family. I was born in Columbus, Ohio, um, but I'm not necessarily from Columbus, Ohio. I spent some time where my sisters were born in South Carolina. Um, My family's from Clemson, South Carolina area, but I'm not from South Carolina either. I grew up partially on an Air Force base in Minot, North Dakota, and partially in the town of Minot, North Dakota, where I graduated high school. But I don't know if I'm necessarily from Minot, North Dakota either. And of course, most people know me um, from the fact that I live in Minneapolis and most of my adult life I've grown up and I've lived and worked in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, Clearly not from Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I spent about uh, eight years in Chicago where I met my wife when I was working with Nike and whatnot. And that's later on, we'll talk about that, but um, so I think I've lived everywhere, just kind of that traveler of sorts, many years at many places. Uh, as I said, I'm turning 50 this year, I'm 49 right now, and I think that how I've grown up and uh, where I've grown up has really shaped who I am and how I go about my life. I think that growing up, uh, a kid that traveled a ton while they were younger allowed me to sort of just move around and adapt to situations. But at the same time, uh, growing up on an Air Force base, I think at that time, I think it was up until about fourth grade, third, fourth grade, I lived on on an Air Force base with kids from all over the place. And that allowed me, I think, even at a young age to just sort of deal with different people, both adults and kids, teachers and coaches and whatever that looks like in a different way. It allowed me to sort of uh, build foundation of dealing with folks that are different than myself. 
um, and then moving into the town of Minot, North Dakota in fourth and fifth grade, you really start to realize a couple different things. Um, those that do not know me, I am a black male um, and I live in uh, primarily, most of my life I've lived in areas with the majority white folks. Minot, North Dakota was no different. Um, it was close to an Air Force base so there's a lot of diversity on the base, but as you move out into the town, um, it, there's not so much. It's mostly white folks and the kids that come to town, uh, the black kids that came to town or Hispanics that came to town or other uh, ethnicities and races that came to town um, were kind of part of that city, but they weren't necessarily part of kind of the, uh, the natural order of things as it relates to North Dakota. So keeping that in mind, I grew up in that way and, and, and I, I didn't have a problem with it, still don't have a problem with it. I think what I've grown into uh, as we get into these podcasts, you'll see is a little bit different, but not knowing the difference when you're growing up with a bunch of white kids, you just sort of deal with it and you go along with it. Um, and most of my friends at an early age um, were white kids. My best friend to this day is a white guy. So I don't have any problems there, but I think ultimately it does shape um, how you sort of foundationally understand a lot of things. And for me, that's um, what we'll sort of talk about throughout this podcast as my guests come through periodically. We'll talk about more about that. Again, it's not necessarily a uh, focus on race. It's not a focus on me necessarily, but this is kind of just that foundational elements. Um, I think my, my life as a whole um, has been something that as I talk to friends now or people I've met over the last few years has been borderline um, middle class, I guess, if you will. Um, my dad was in the uh, Air Force 25 years, 25 plus years. My mom, uh, as we grew up, worked at Target, so she was a Target employee, worked away from kind of a part-time, full-time, all the way into the management side of Target um, at the local level, at the retail level uh, in Minot, North Dakota. Um, so I never really was the type of kid who struggled to um, get the things they needed, have a father or mother present, have a home to go home to, hot meals. That's never been something I've struggled with. Um, however, I think that what that allowed me to do as a black man now is sort of see both sides of it. Um, where I'm at now and the, the folks I work with on a regular basis um, are young people who probably don't necessarily or have not grown up with the same things I've grown up with. So I think that that's important to note. Um, but I also think that it allows me to sort of understand that there are possibilities in our areas of opportunity that present themselves for me that would definitely present themselves for the folks that I work with um, if given the right tools and opportunities to do that. So that's something that as we start to talk about my second act and all the stuff that I'm trying to do now with my life that maybe I didn't have time or didn't create time to do in the, in the past, um, I'm working on now and sort of shaping my life and my mission in life and my legacy of life to sort of be in that space. Um, so that, that's a nice opportunity to sort of talk about um, deeper, I guess, um, as we get into conversations with other folks and see how um, we compare and contrast uh, growing up. But that was, you know, I graduated um, from Minot High School in Minot, North Dakota. Uh, I was regular, average lifestyle kid. I was kind of a jock, I guess. I'd fall in that category. Um, had a decent network of friends. Ended up going to um, 
a couple different schools right after, um, colleges I should say right after, but I did uh, decide that ultimately uh, what I really wanted to do and how I really wanted to do it was sort of get away from the Midwest, get away from North Dakota. Um, so I started out going to school at the University of North Dakota, um, didn't really love it, I was in Grand Forks, North Dakota, and went there for about a year and a half, uh, maybe the second year, I realized it wasn't for me, and really what I wanted to do was just go and be away and just get out, and I think uh, in that two years, like every college student, I think you're in a number of different relationships, friends, families, girlfriends, whatever. And I think I met a girl, played for the volleyball team out there in the University of North Dakota. And I thought there was a summer, um, the second summer I was there, I opted to go and visit uh, where she was from. She was from the British Columbia, Canada. Her dad was a rancher of sorts. Um, and I say of sorts in that I think he's a rancher, but I'm, I know he had a ranch and I worked on his ranch, but I don't know exactly 100% um, what else he did. Maybe that's what it was, maybe it wasn't. Um, but I think ultimately that was an opportunity that I took in my second year of college to get out west to the western side of the state or United States where I'm not necessarily uh, familiar. I didn't know a lot of folks out there, didn't know anything about out there. But what I really realized from going out there was that there's a whole different world that I know nothing about and Canada is just a different country that I know nothing about but there's just a whole different place places in the world that I didn't know anything about and I wanted to start to discover some of that um, like I said I grew up middle class pretty regular I had some jobs paper routes and mowing lawns and shoveling snow and things like that as a kid but when I got out there to British Columbia working with her dad it was what I would consider and deem my first, I guess, real job, if you will, in that you wake up early, you you know, jump on a four-wheeler, or if you're good at it, ride a horse, but I was not good at it, so I took the four-wheeler option. And we drove miles upon miles and acres upon acres of putting in fence posts to keep cattle in, right? So this is all new to me. Everything about that situation was new, even from what clothes to wear to do things like that. Um, the job itself was somewhat challenging and taxing, but then also there's just the, the skill sets that are needed to do a job like that. What I would consider not only blue collar, but it's you roll up your sleeve and work kind of job. Um, it wasn't something I was used to, but I think in, in the process, I said to myself, what I'm going to do is learn. I'm going to take this opportunity, which for me was going to be three months of learning how to do something that I didn't know how to do, um, which is something that I currently carry on in my life right now is like, if I don't know how to do it, um, it's easy to sort of hire someone to do it, or it's easy to sort of ask someone else to do it, or, you know, in the positions that I'm in, sort of assign or, or tell someone else to do it. But this was, this was something that the job was to do this thing. It was to take these fence posts, take the barbed wire, take this four-wheeler, and travel the fence line and put in posts and put in wire to keep cattle in. I mean, it's pretty straightforward um, for the most part, but I think the challenge for me was that I did not do it. Um, I, I got the general tips on, a, here's Carl, how's how you do, here's how you do this, here's how you put the staples in, here's how you put these posts in. Um, but I think ultimately I, where I, I learned was 
just doing, repetitive doing, waking up and doing it again, waking up and doing it again. So I, I would have to imagine if someone followed me around with a drone camera now or, or some type of camera at the time, um, the fences I put in probably weren't super straight um, to start with, but I believe that by the end of that summer, um, I knew what I was doing, I knew how to do it, and if someone said to me right now, hey Carl, I need to you know, run this fence post, these 50, 60 acres, whatever it is, um, I need to, you know, I think I could do that, even at this 49 years old, and this was back in my 20s. But I think that um, the, the nice thing about that situation and what I learned from that situation was two things. One, I am able to sort of take a risk, get in my Toyota Tercel and just go um, across country to somewhere I've never been before in a situation I've never been before and adapt and survive in that, which is not easy in and of itself. But then also the idea of saying, I am capable of doing hard work. I may not like it, I may not like waking up before dawn, before sunrise, um, to do this type of work. And it's, it's hard work, right? But I think that I can do that too, right? It's just a matter of putting mind over matter. So what I generally try to do and what I generally try to tell young people, including my kids, is that it, it's easy to say no, it's easy not to wanna to do it, it's easy to feel tired or overwhelmed, but I think ultimately what I look at and how I look at it is saying that this is short term. The learning is forever. The work you're doing is kind of short term. So you have to take that work as a learning opportunity and take that job as a learning opportunity. It's not something you have to say, I'm gonna do it my whole life. You may want to, probably not, but it allows you to learn at least in that process. And that is really what I want young people that I work with now to know is like, nothing's easy. And if it's easy, it's probably not long lasting. And that's earning money, that's relationships, that's anything that you're doing is that you have to take time to do it. You have to put time in, you have to be intentional about the time and, and, and what you're trying to do. And then you have to stick with it. And I think that um, in a world we live in right now, it's, it's instant gratification. And that's not just for young people, that's for everyone, myself included. Um, you want things quick. You don't necessarily want to necessarily work for it as hard as you probably could or should or your parents did or didn't. Um, it's really about sort of saying to yourself, if I want something, if I want to learn something, um, I'm going to have to put in some time to do that. And that's what I did for that summer. Now, please keep in mind, I, ever since then, I've never put in another fence post. I've never really, I've been on a four-wheeler once since then, and I don't know the last time. That was probably the last time I dealt with barbed wire. So I think that there is a, there's something to be said about the experience of learning and then learning that that's not the experience you want. So I think that um, for me, I was excited to sort of have that conversation. I was excited to sort of or have that life opportunity um, and the conversations and the learnings that came with it. But it, I learned that it's not something I wanted to do. And I think that that allows me to sort of move into what I consider that that second part of growing up from that blue collar, hard work, ex unknown experience and just living um, to something that I generally would like to deem as my next job that I had that I probably would have done without being paid. I love being paid and I got paid um, and the perks were really sweet, 
but you'll hear about that in my next episode of what I will call my swoosh life. So you'll hear that in episode two, um, but thank you for this opportunity to sort of get this one out of the way. I'm, again, learning as I go, and uh, thank you for listening, and I appreciate your time. This was Carl Benson. Allow me to introduce, and I will see you on the next side. Take care. Thanks a lot.